Mothers are the queens of the castle. But let's be real. It's not all ball gowns and glass slippers. On this podcast, we're giving you a peek behind the throne at the privilege and responsibility of wearing the crown. My name is Helen Hope Kimbrough, and I'm a proud wife and mom of two adult sons. And I'm Charlita Hatch, a proud wife, married to my high school sweetheart, and a proud mom to two little ones. Get ready as we share jewels with each other and you around all things connected to motherhood. Hello, everyone. My name is Helen Hope Kimbrough, and I'm a proud mom of two adult sons and a wife to Marcus. Yeah, and a wife to Marcus. Yes. And I'm Charlita Hatch. I am also a proud wife to Mark, not Marcus. And I have two two little people, a six-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter. And I am so excited to be able to be here with Helen today to talk about all things motherhood. All things motherhood, the good, the bad, and all the things that are in the middle. Yes, all the things. I stay in the middle. Hel- Helen's on the other side. She has two adult sons, so she... But she, sometimes she, they pull me back in. So, <laughs> so what we would like to do in reference to that is talk about mothers and Mother's Day. Yes. And, um, you know, I remember growing up, uh, my dad always um, treating my mom like a queen on Mother's Day and making sure that we treated her like a queen on Mother's Day and um, not always really appreciating it as a kid, like the the really the impact and what it means for your mom to be honored on Mother's Day. And now on the other side of this, I am, you know, really glad that our kickoff episode is around moms. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I actually think that Mother's Day is every day. So it should not just be celebrated one day, but it should be celebrated throughout who doesn't want chocolates or flowers or balloons or a nice (laughs) dinner throughout the year. And I would share that with my sons. I would also share that with my husband that, yes, we're doing this on today, but this is an everyday thing. So that's how I actually feel about Mother's Day. That's a really good mothering tip because I don't think I've really put that into my kids um, or my husband to to treat me like a queen every day. They usually treat me like the the, the janitor uh, and the maid and the, the, the chef and the driver. Um, but I'm going to see after this if I can take your advice and they, they treat me like the queen. Treat you like the queen that you are, okay? <laughs> yes. And it's one of those where I feel like we've had great examples of motherhoods uh, from just our lineage of mothers, our ancestry of mothers, um, and specifically, like, let's start with our grandmothers. I mean, you know, what did your grandmother mean to you, like, growing up? My grandmother was everything. Um, and I will have to at least start off acknowledging that she passed this past August. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I realized is that, you know, being the oldest granddaughter, the oldest grandchild, we just had a really special relationship. Um, I can't think of a time where my grandmother wasn't there. She taught me how to cook. I was with her over Thanksgiving. I would get there early over Christmas. She was at all of our school activities. We used to go on beach trips with her. Um, and, you know, throughout that time period, she would just tell stories about growing up in the country, um, not really having formal schooling, you know, her really wanting to get out of um, kind of the deep part of South Carolina to get to the big city of Charlotte. 
um, because she didn't want to work in the field. She didn't. Our parents were sharecroppers, and she just really wanted a way out. She had 13 brothers and sisters, and wow. she was like, I don't want this life. And I think about that and what it means to be a, a, a black woman, a black mother in that time period, and she's like, I want more. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't see it, and she didn't know what it was. She didn't know what it looks like. Um, but she met my grandfather and they created the life here in Charlotte and her vision, you know, I don't know that she realized everything she wanted to, but I know that we're the manifestation of her dreams. So the dreams are realized. Yep. 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 How about you? I would actually say, um, I could lift up both of my grandmothers, but, um, I'm closest to grandma Z. That's what we call her grandma Ziola. And she also had a big family. So birth 11 kids. So my dad is one of eight, but I actually lived with her for a short period of time because both of my parents were working on their master's degrees and I was a child who was sickly. And so they said, you know what, we're just going to send you to Mobile, Alabama. You're going to hang out with your grandmother. And uh, what I loved about her is she had like this defiance about her. She had a garden She was a seamstress, so she sewed all of the band uniforms. She also was a seamstress for a downtown retailer at that time. So she had her own creativity. She was also a dog breeder of Doberman Pinschers. And I'm like, why is she doing all of these different jobs? And it was because she was the breadwinner. But my grandfather was uh, a minister but he wasn't earning as much. So she had the um, wherewithal to say, you know what, I'm going to go out here and we're going going to earn um, money for the family and we're going to just do it in a variety of ways. And so I respect that. I respect how um, she dealt with that. I respect that she still lifted her husband up, even though she was really the earning person within the family. And another thing about her is I always would say, you know, everybody always talks about how shiny the car is, but she's really the engine in the car. Mm. And so the car doesn't work without her. And I reference that with my own mom because I feel like she's similar and I feel like I'm a representation of that too. And so we're the engines, girl, that make this thing go. I love that. You are so right. The engines, the heartbeat, the arms, the legs, <laughs> we're all the things. I love that. Love that, love that, love that. Yep. And so I think a natural thing is just now thinking about my mom. Yep. And I just cannot say enough about my mom. Um, for those that don't know, I'm adopted. And one of the things that I always anchored and made me feel super special is that my mom chose me. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference when you know that you were chosen, that you were wanted, um, and what that does for your confidence, what that does for your self-esteem. Um, and I know my mom, as she raised me, my brother and my sister, you know, she never differentiated between me being adopted and my brother and sister being her biological children. No one would know if I didn't share it. Um, my mom made a way out of no way. Um, because my brother and I are so close in age and my sister is 10 years younger than us. She didn't really work outside the home as much because of childcare costs, even back then. Um, but And so because of that, they made a lot of sacrifices. But my mom made everything nice. She made sure we always had the best um, of what she could provide for us, 
we got exposed to all different types of things. My mom was our first teacher. Um, she definitely was a nurturer. She definitely was a prayer. Um, and one of the things with my dad being a pastor that I really felt that my mom really anchored on is she believed that ministry began at home. Mm -hmm. And so she never wanted us to feel like the church was more important than our family. She made that a priority for my dad. Um, and I think that really helped us even in our defining our faith law. Yeah. Um, because we got to choose our faith, not feel like it was forced on us. Mm -hmm. But I sing my mom's praises even now. Um, we were her life then, and I can tell you that we're her life now. She helps raise our kids, um, my kids. She's with them every single day, um, and sh her goal is to make make it so that I can still live out whatever yeah. I need to to do and to be my best self. And yeah. So she's still mothering. Yes. Even now that I'm an adult with children. Yeah. And mothering the next generation yes. as well, right? Yes. Well, you know, I love your mom. Yes. I mean, I met her when it was your book signing and all of that uh, for your the start of your Black Boy Joy series. And one thing that stood out to me is she says, Helen, everything Charlita does turns into gold. <laughs> and I was like, what? Who says that? <laughs> but I... A mama. <laughs> <laughs> And so I said, you know what? I'm always going to remember that because that was like your intro to me through her eyes and through her lens. So I love her. Um, my mom, I would say, again, minister's wife. So we have that in common as well. Both of us are PKs. And similarly to you, uh, my mom was one who wanted us to have our own personalities and she encouraged that. I think if my dad had his way, he would have been like, uh, no, because, you know, I'm a pastor of this big church and blah, blah, blah. And everybody's looking. But my mom is like, no, they're individuals. They need to create their own past. They need to create their own stories. And I'm going to make certain that they do that. Uh, my mom uh, did work outside of the home. Uh, she was also the breadwinner for a long time while uh, my dad was getting his master's and then on to his doctorate. And so with her having that background in education, she was just phenomenal. Um, she's all about teaching kids, teaching kids to their learning styles, which are things that I also adopted in raising my own sons. Um, she was the advocate for that. So I also became the advocate for that. She was also helpful in selecting schools that my kids attended um, just because of her background. So now they have so many different things that are going on uh, in terms of how you can select a school. For my mom, it was also about, um, I'm going to help you select the schools that will be best for your sons. And so she would interview principals, she would interview literacy facilitators, um, any math uh, individuals inside of the schools. And so that was important to her. And she also helped me homeschool because I did homeschool for a while as well. And so we have this great relationship with each other, um, just based off of laughter, based off of love, definitely based off of deep faith, because we both have that. Um, but also just in, you know, educating ourselves and then educating children, but also how that comes through in the world. So how do you think your grandmother and your mother has shaped your mothering? Uh, well, I would say it shaped my mothering by letting me know that I could do it because I was one who didn't want children. And uh, Marcus wanted four kids. I wanted zero. So we have two. 
And I just didn't think I would be good at it. You know, I was like, I'm just, my sister's very, she was, she's great with kids. I'm just not great with kids or so I thought. And just looking at them and how they prepared their families, it just gave me a model, you know, to look at and just to, you know, encourage myself, even when no one else was encouraging me, but I knew I had cheerleaders in my corner. And so they helped me, um, rear and raise, you know, my own sons, uh, to just, to just to pour into them, pour into them. And let me just say, Helen is the prototype of a mother of boy moms. She has taken different challenges and different situations and just said, okay, well, you know what? You don't like to read? I'll create my own books. You you want to sing? I'll create books and sing. I mean, she is just awesome. She is phenomenal with kids. And I mean, she's still even helping me on my journey um, of motherhood. I would say with my mom specifically, um, I think sometimes you go through your own journey as a child mm -hmm. and as you get to have your own, when you decide to be an adult. And you can decide whether or not you want to do the opposite of what your parents did or you want to do the same thing. And with my mom, I'm like, I'm just trying to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I, I like the way she mothered. I think my mother was ahead of her time in mothering. I think she was like a gentle, intentional parent before that was a term. Um, and, you know, it wasn't always appreciated, even by my grandmother, mm -hmm. because she was letting us have a voice mm -hmm. and, you know, wanting us to explore our emotions and communicate and all of those things. And so I am definitely trying to apply that with my son. There isn't anything that my mother did that I'm like, I definitely don't want to do that. Yep. Um, I have different tools now and different resources than what they had when mm -hmm. we were growing up in the 80s and 90s. But what for sure, the, the actual values that my mom instilled, I, I'm just trying to replicate and hope that it lands. Yes, yes. And now, as I think about having a daughter, so I that's know. the unique piece yes. between us. So Helen has two boys, I have a son and a daughter. And now having a daughter... I just hope that I am can give her, um, one of my friends coined it, the gift of friendship. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what my mom and I have. I hope that I raise her in a way that we become friends um, and that she feels like she would like to continue the mothering journey that I have been on and that there isn't anything that I do to her that she says, I definitely don't want to do to my kids. Yes. I didn't have that experience with my mom, and I want to make sure that I'm intentional enough and not giving mm -hmm. it to her. Mm -hmm. and Your so, daughter's beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank I you. I mean, every inside picture, and out. inside and out, every picture that I see, um, she's just gorgeous and over the moon. And so I love just watching the growth journey because I'm a boy mom, but would have loved to have daughters, but that wasn't selected for me. And so I get to live through you with that journey. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, I, you know, our goal with this is to really honor yep. our own moms yep. and our own journeys. And I would actually really challenge anyone listening today Um to call. Yes. Call your mom, your grandma, your auntie, a big cousin, a sister, and really give them their flowers now while yes. you can. Yes. Like I started off, I'm not able to give my grandmother her flowers mm -hmm. right now. And so I would really challenge you all to, to pick up the phone mm -hmm. and just, you know, say one thing yep. that you appreciate about the mother figure in your life, no matter what that role is. I love that. And I especially love the mother figure because 
Like I got to lift up my sister, Tracy, like she's my shout out. Uh, my sister doesn't have kids, but I have kids for the both of us. And be, that's like our special bond and our special journey. Um, and something that I just had to lift up because I could not do this without her. And I know my family knows that. So I just had to lift that up. I love that. Shout out to you, Tracy. Yes. Thank you, Big Tracy. Big sister, Tracy. <laughs> Um, and so with that, yeah. I mean, you know, I hope that y'all enjoyed a little bit about what we have to share. We're going to get more into mothering and all things motherhood, but we can't start out exploring our motherhood journey, journey without understanding where we come from. So yes. I love the vulnerability and what you shared about even your sister, your grandmother, your mom. And I thank you for that, Helen. Um, we certainly want you all to comment below, leave us some reviews. We're on all the channels, whether it's your podcast that you're listening to, YouTube or Instagram. We want to hear from you. We want to talk about what you want to talk about. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Behind the Throne podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our channel and comment below with your feedback. Check out future episodes from us as we discuss motherhood from babies to adults.